Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast. And thank you, Chance the Rapper, for bringing us in because, ooh, we are back. And it has been quite a long time. I am your host, Lee Thornquist, and thank you so, so much for listening today. It has been a very long time since you've last heard from me and from Edge of Comfort, other than maybe some posts on social media. But a lot has changed since the last podcast, and I'm very glad to be back and to be sharing some of these life updates with you all. So, yeah, in the last, I guess, about six months since a new podcast has been out, life has gotten pretty hectic, and some things have shifted. My priorities my priorities have changed a little bit, and uh, this has unfortunately meant that I've just not been able to allocate as much time to writing on the blog, getting some guests on for the podcast, and getting new episodes out to all of you. So thank you for sticking with me through this and waiting patiently for new content. I am starting to pick things back up with Edge of Comfort and excited to begin to share it with you all. So uh, you'll start to see new blog posts, new Lee's 3, and new interviews with some incredible, incredible people on the podcast. So if you aren't already signed up, make sure to join the email list so you get this new content right in your inbox when it comes out. You can sign up at edgeofcomfort.com or just go to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash EOCP29 and you'll see some links on there. So like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast. It's just me talking today. And it's just going to give you a quick update on some of the things that have been going on in the last about six months. So to kick it off, the biggest update really in the last six to seven, eight months is that I got a full-time job. I am no longer a broke post-backpacker, and I'm working full-time, so... It worked out quite well because I'm actually working at a travel company which basically designs and runs trips, luxury travel trips, to all over the world. So my job title there is Product Specialist for Europe. And this basically means that I'm helping support and design over 30 luxury small group journeys to Europe. So, you know, what do I mean by luxury? Um, basically the nicest hotels, the best food experiences, really cool insider access and kind of exclusive access to these places or very popular places that are usually overrun with tourists, um, and experiences for people that you aren't really going to be able to find on your own. And the price definitely reflects this premium and this luxury service because, Myself and many others are very far away from being able to afford even some of our least expensive journeys. So it's quite funny because my travels in the past 
were pretty much the exact opposite of this. You know, backpacking, $30 a day at most, traveling, staying in hostels, and now I'm helping design and research and put together these programs to Europe that are just the highest of the high end and the coolest experiences. So it's been a really fun experience. I've learned a lot, and there have been some great people at the company and opportunities, so really excited with that. Um, and to be honest, you know, this was a huge change getting back into just the working world um, and going back into the office. You know, I was still working on my own stuff in Edge of Comfort throughout, but um, yeah, I was obviously excited about this, but also really nervous. Um, well, I was excited because one, such a cool opportunity in an area that I truly care deeply about. And it is an area that allows me to continue to learn more about travel and the industry and just what it means to be a professional in this space. But I was also very nervous because, like I said, you know, I haven't been in an office job for over a year. It's almost been one and a half years, you know, so I'm used to being on the road creating my own schedule and my own content and working when I want to work. You know, if I stay up till 2, 3 a.m. working, I don't have to worry about waking up at 6 a.m. to go to a job. So I was worried about kind of the structure and just getting back into the normal life, I guess, of this. Um, but, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy to say that things have been better than expected I'm really happy with my experience so far in the company and, and what I've been able to learn and to do. So, um, you know, I'm definitely still missing the road sometimes, and I'm still looking at flights to places around the world every week or so, but uh, I'm very glad for this opportunity and to be able to continue learning and experiencing an area of travel that I care so deeply about. And another big, big perk of this job is that once a year or so, I get to travel on some of our trips. So this past August, I actually got to go to Budapest, Vienna, and Prague on one of our company's group trips. So this is a 10-day land journey, and this trip is definitely one of the more popular ones because, I mean, these three cities are just the staples of some this area of Europe, you know. This is just picturesque Europe. And this trip was incredible in many, many ways for me. One, because somehow, despite all my travels, I've never stepped foot in Europe or the region. I, I've never even been there for a layover, never even flown over it. I've always gone the opposite way towards Asia. So this is my first time in this part of the world. And I've got to say, these cities and this region and these countries, they just completely blew me away. When I pictured Europe, maybe from my ignorant American perspective, but I always just thought it was a bunch of churches and museums and other things that aren't my interests like mountains and the outdoors. And so, you know, while this image of many churches and museums isn't necessarily wrong, I was happily surprised to find many, many more incredible experiences and just a unique and fascinating culture that really surprised me at how different it was from American culture. So beyond that, it was also incredible because I got to fully experience and start to understand the end product of the types of journeys that I'm helping put together and that my company is so proud to offer and to sell. 
Um, you know, the people that are traveling on our trips, they're very high end. They expect these things. They want the best of the best, and then they're paying for that. So to see this actually in action and to understand all the small details and nuances of the things that in the office we try so hard to make sure go right and to see these be executed and work together on the ground and kind of all fall together very perfectly and looking like very seamlessly and without effort. It was really cool to see that. Um, so, you know, I mean, also being able to stay in luxury hotels, getting exclusive access to some really popular sites like the parliament building in Budapest and the opera house, um, or the Strahov, Mon the Strahov monastery in Prague. Um, it's just really cool to see this type of travel and like I said, this is the exact opposite of my usual backpacking. I can't spend more than $30 a day budget travel. Um, and I got to say, you know, while it definitely spoiled me a little bit and gave me insight into this other world of travel, I'm still at the age where I'm really happy and kind of would almost prefer to still be in that rugged backpacker stage. You know, I still like staying in hostels and getting that raw connection with people just out of the blue and, and like kind of not even forced. It just happens naturally. Um, I like still figuring things out on my own and making mistakes and going with the flow. Um, and, and with this kind of packaged group journey, I was worried that I'd lose some of that. But I was really surprised and happy that I didn't. You know, I still found myself in many situations that pushed me out of my comfort zone, um, situations that challenged me to be vulnerable and kind of be a little bit dumb at times and ask dumb questions and get lost and have to figure things out on my own in my free time. Um, so I was really happy with that, and it really still allowed me to learn about the world and myself in ways that only the wonderful world of travel can. So beyond my international travel, which that was the only international travel I had this past year, I also got to travel a lot around the U.S. So I went to Florida, Indianapolis, Wisconsin, Michigan, Colorado. Some of these were for weddings, and in this past, whatever, six, seven months, I went to five weddings after previously only going to one in my life, which was a lot, but a lot of fun as well. Uh, one of these weddings was actually a previous podcast guest and one of my good friends, Lars Festi. Uh, he was actually the first ever podcast episode where we talked about his trip to Iceland and some other life-type topics. Um, so that was really fun. But um, beyond kind of those travels, I also was really happy to just be in Chicago and to get to explore this city that I've called home for so long but been able to kind of see through new eyes and go out of my way to try to do some more adventurous things at home. Um, so exploring new restaurants, trying new experiences, going to random events and uh, some other couch surfing type things and uh, meetups. So it's actually been pretty nice being kind of set in one area and getting to explore um, an area that I thought I knew so much about, but still clearly have a lot to discover. So that is the main travel type things and the updates from the last few months with the new job and the international trip I've been able to do through that and then some U.S. stuff. So beyond that, 
um, a little bit more on flip side and some health stuff. Um, one of the more recent, or not more recent, but one of the last podcasts I did before this brief break uh, was my experiment with 90 days of sobriety and also my first 30-mile trail run. So since then, I've still kept up running and some other health-type stuff, but nothing too crazy. Um, And more recently, due to just some running and other research and past things I've learned, I began experimenting eating a strictly plant-based vegan diet. So this has really only been ongoing this strict for about two months, but it's something I've kind of slowly been moving towards for the past year. Um, Recently, I read two books in a row that really kind of opened my eyes and made me not commit, but really be open to the idea of being fully vegan. Um, And both of these books really pointed to the importance of a heavy plant-based diet and just the importance of nutrition overall on your health. So one of these was Fit for Life by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond, and the other was Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. Now, I know I've talked about Rich Roll before on the podcast, one, because of his incredible podcast and some of his athletic feats and ultra run type things. Um, So if you know anything about him, you already know he's big on plant-based vegan eating. Um, But his book really opened up a new side of that to me and really explained it in easy-to-understand terms. And that was also why I liked Fit for Life. It really, while I still think there's some stuff in there that might be questionable, I think the basis of it is still very powerful and important, which is basically eat real whole foods, avoid processed shit, and make a heavy emphasis on real plants, real whole type foods, whole grains, nuts and seeds, fruits, you know, all stuff that you have always been told to eat because it's good for you, but kind of flipping the script of 25% that and 75% meat and kind of flipping it to more, well, maybe you should do 75% fruits, veggies, this type of food, and only 25% meat. So those two books really made a big impact. Um, And with reading those, I really started to incorporate, you know, more vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and non-processed food into my meals. But even after reading these and all the testimonials and how good this diet could be for you, I still wasn't ready to go all in and give up meat, dairy, you know, cheese, eggs, and things that were really very big in my diet. So... Over the past year, really, I've continued to read and kind of discover new evidence or um, just facts or I guess that's the same thing as evidence, but other evidence and research that have really pointed to, one, just not only the importance of your diet, but the importance of a plant-based vegan diet. So like I said, this has been an experiment. It's only been two months. I've been feeling good so far, and I'm going to keep going with it until... I'm proven otherwise or until I want to change, but um, yeah, I've been doing that. It's been going well. Also recently, I know there was a movie that came out called The Game Changers, directed by James Cameron, Um, very heavy focus on plant-based vegan eating and um, its effect on athletes and recovery and basically profiles a select number of athletes and yeah, so that's kind of been in the news recently and I did see that and thought it was good. 
Um, didn't love it. I still felt it was kind of um, not shallow, but it was just made a lot of bold claims quickly and glossed over some other stuff. So I still think it's important and probably some truth behind it, and I hope so at least. Um, but I think that's on Netflix, and either way, if you give a shit about vegan eating or plant-based eating, I think it's a good uh, thing to kind of open up your mind a little, and it's definitely a, a bit of a paradigm shift if you've never thought about um, not eating meat, I guess. Especially with athletes and getting protein and the uh, the mass marketing we've all grown to know and love, I guess, from meat companies. Um, but with that also, one of the most powerful books I read, um, which brings me to my next update, some of the main books I've read recently, which I just wanted to highlight. I'm not really going to talk about too much, but just wanted to throw them out there, and you can read their description if you're interested. Um, but one of these, kind of to piggyback off the vegan eating, is called How Not to Die. It's by Michael Greger and Gene Stone. And hilarious title, you know, How Not to Die. Um, and in it, they say it's really called How Not to Die Prematurely, but that's not as catchy of a title. So it basically walks through the 15 leading causes of death in the United States across the board. So heart disease, cancers, mental diseases, um, just, yeah, the top 15 in order of 1st to 15th. And they basically point to all this research and evidence and, um, and facts that are showing how not only does meat affect these diseases and kind of help not necessarily cause them, but contribute to them, they can also accelerate it and make it worse. And then they go on the flip side and show how plant-based vegan eating can not only put these diseases at a stall, but also help reverse them, which is apparently in the medical community and nutrition community just like mind-blowing because suddenly the way you eat can reverse these diseases we thought were never preventable or even reversible. So that was a really, really cool book, and I highly encourage you to check it out if you do care about um, learning about plant-based vegan eating. Um, but enough about that. I know diet-type stuff is kind of a religion to people, and um, if you want to learn more about that, there's plenty of resources. I'm happy to answer more questions. If you want to shoot me an email, um, lee.t at edgeofcomfort.com. Happy to answer any questions, but again, I'm not an expert on it. I've just recently begun experimenting with it, so that's that. But continuing with books, there's two others that I wanted to highlight. One of these was actually brought up in one of my conversations um, with Elisa Currylewitz. And it's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this is a book that she highlighted and said it was a huge, huge, had a huge, huge impact on her and helping her um, get through some of her very difficult times um, after missing Olympic ski qualifications. Um, that's a great conversation, by the way, if, if you want to listen to that. But um, as soon as we talked about that, I put it on my to-read list, and I finally got around to reading it, and it is everything as good as uh, as she talks about. So that was a really good one and eye-opening. And then finally, more recently, was one called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Um, if you've listened to other podcasts, you know we've talked about Ryan Holiday before. 
He does an incredible job of looking at kind of ancient Stoic philosophy and wisdom and bringing these philosophies into modern-day applications and very easy-to-understand language, which is pretty hard to do when you've got... I mean, if you've read books from thousands of years ago, you know the language is like pretty much reading in a different language. So he does a great job of basically interpreting it in his own way and conveying it in a very easy-to-understand way. And it also is scary how much it applies to today's world and our society. So that one is very, very good. He's Some of his other ones, if you've heard of them, are Ego is the Enemy. Ego is the Enemy. Sorry, can't talk. Um, the Obstacle is the Way. But yeah, he he's a great author and does a lot of writings online as well. And so finally... The last update of today, before I can t- stop talking and you can get on with your day. This is very recent, and I'm extremely, extremely excited about this one. I have signed up for a 50-mile trail run in Monument Valley National Park. So Monument Valley National Park is right on the border of Utah and Arizona, Look up a picture, you'll know it immediately. I'll put one in the blog post as well. But it's got the big, giant kind of sand towel, t- sand towers. Um, if you've seen Forrest Gump, you know the scene when he's, well, the scenes when he's running for like three years, and at the very end, he's running on that huge, long road, outstretched, and you see just kind of the desert and these big towers behind him. That's Monument Valley National Park. So this trail run is kind of through areas of that and I've started training for that already I'm committed and uh, I'm really excited to try to do that it's going to be a big challenge and um, like I said earlier if you've listened to that podcast after my 30 mile trail run uh, I really wasn't sure where I was going to go after that and I didn't know if I was going to sign up for another 30 mile one or just kind of call it quits and be like all right I've done it I'm good to go um And during the summer, you know, I kept running, I kept working out, staying in shape, but I never really had an actual goal or a strategic direction with it. It was just kind of like, oh, I should go out and run today, or, you know, I'll try to do 15, 20 miles this week. Um, And now that I've set this goal and this plan, it's really exciting to get back on a schedule and kind of have that, that goal to work towards, because just having a goal like that, it really makes it not easier, but it, yeah, it makes it easier to kind of convince yourself to do the stuff you need to do on days when it's really hard. You know, there's days when I wake up and I have to go run before work and I really don't want to, but I know if I don't do it, I'm either going to have to do it later or I'm not going to get to my full training potential, which is going to hurt me in the end. So having that goal and that kind of, not deadline, but just strategic direction really helps with motivation and um, and just making sure you get done what you need to get done. So that one is still, you know, that's in the future. It takes place February 29th, 2020. So I've still got a little bit ways to go. Um, still got a lot of training, but really excited. I'll be doing a, a 50K about a month and a half before then is kind of a training test run. Um, but I'm sure I'll, I'll have an update for that as we get closer and hopefully after the completion of it. So 
following up with the running, before I let you go today, I wanted to leave you with one story, not from my life, but of what I found recently, which has been really, really cool to read about and learn more about. And um, yeah, so basically, it's this guy who I very recently discovered. His name is Nick Butter. He's from the UK, and he recently became the first person ever to run a marathon in every country in the world. So <laughs> if you let me yeah, let me say that again. First person ever to run a marathon in every country in the world. So if you follow my Facebook page at Edge of Comfort, you probably saw me share stuff about this cuz <laughs> I think I posted a video, an article and something else cuz I just I just was blown away by it and the more I learned about him and his journey I just kept being more impressed. So let me read his kind of bio on his website, which is nickbutter.com. Meet Nick. Broken bones, muggings at gunpoint, being locked up, attacked by dogs, shot at. The list continues. The endless tales of perseverance and resilience led this man to accomplish a dream. The first man to run a marathon in every country in the world. On November 10th, 2019, Nick took the title as the first and only person to run a full marathon distance in every country in the world, and did so in just 23 months. A full marathon in every country in the world in 23 months. He and his bag traveled alone for 674 days, running two or three marathons in two or three countries every week for 96 weeks. This huge world record came after over 44,000 kilometers of previous crazy expeditions, years of training, and plenty of setbacks. So yeah, this dude, 23 months, a marathon in every country in the world. That's 196 plus, I think he did at least like 10 or so more in countries that aren't necessarily like recognized as a country but could be soon um and i mean he's got so much media on him now after finishing this he's doing a speaking tour in 2020 um i mean his instagram is incredible too i think it's nick butter run and yeah i highly encourage you to check him out and just read through some of his posts and kind of learn more about him oh and the, the craziest thing about this well not the craziest but he did this because at a marathon event, he met this guy who was diagnosed with prostate cancer and was only given a few years to live, and he's still out there running marathons. So he was extremely inspired by this guy's story, and so he set out to do this incredible journey in order to raise awareness about prostate cancer and to raise funds for it. So I think he raised... Since I last saw, he raised like close to 90,000 euros for prostate cancer, and probably since completing it in the last three weeks, probably even more just because of the media coverage he's gained and some of the talks and other things he's already done. And I'm sure that's only going to get higher as he does a speaking tour in 2020. So yeah, really cool guy um, based on what I've seen on you know social media and his website, and highly encourage you to check him out and learn more about his story and maybe donate if you'd like. And also if you want to shoot him a message and say, Hey, come on the edge of comfort podcast, that'd be very much appreciated because, 
man, what a what a cool collab or a cool culmination of experiences and interests. Traveling, running, exploring the world, photography. I think we would have an awesome, awesome conversation. But anyways, that is it today, people. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this life update, make sure to share it with your friends and sign up for the email list so you can be first to receive new content, new podcasts, and everything else. I'm on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, although I don't really tweet too much. Um, So yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Look forward to sharing more content with everyone and enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers.